Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now entering the game from the Radio. It's Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, show 52 of 2020. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And Chet, the Eagles have been put out of their misery. That's all I can start with on that. The Sixers are off to a 3-1 and start with Joel Embiid sitting out game three of the season. We'll talk about that, certainly. The Flyers open camp next week with the season opening January 13th. Villanova basketball is on pause, and baseball lost yet another Hall of Famer this week in the passing of Phil Necro. It's time for 2020 to move on, my friend. Oh, ain't that the truth, Bill? We're going to get to all of that, but hey, first, an important update on something we discussed last week, Bill. After admitting that I had never actually seen the whole movie previously, <laughs> I did indeed watch Home Alone on Christmas night, and it was pretty entertaining. So uh, there you go. And I actually saw i saw that you said you actually watched four or five Christmas movies on the holiday. All, Is that right? All, all day. All day. There was no sports to watch, and uh, the football game actually got put on, and, and all my boys are here, adult men, um, all football nuts. We had football on for about one hour between 5 and 6 o'clock uh, with it muted, and that was just waiting for Home Alone to start at 6 o'clock so they could watch it yet again. So, uh, yeah, kind of crazy, the whole the yep. sports world. We're going to talk about this with our guest tonight, too, when, when we get Frank on about just the uh, – Topsy-turvy sports world we live in here in 2020. Well, heck, let's get them on, shall we? All right. Well, it's welcome. Uh, it's a, it's like an annual tradition now uh, at Philly Press Box Radio to have one of our favorite guests, Inquired.com's Frank Fitzpatrick, join us. Frank, every year we seem to be doing this around the end of the year, and we enjoy it. You're saving the last... The least for last, I guess. <laughs> Best for last. Best for last. Well, okay. let me just say this. I checked with our analytics guys, and it is a definite <laughs> tradition. You and I, Bill, are well into our seventh year of doing our show now, and the stats show that Frank has been on with us nine times overall. And, yes, seven of those visits have been right around the time that we flipped the calendar to a new year. So we're going to keep that tradition going as long as we're able to do so. Why not? So welcome, Frank. Thank you. Great to be here. <laughs> Let's be anywhere talk. at the end of this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Let's get to the Eagles first. Get that out of the way. Uh, put them out of their misery because uh, they put us into a lot of misery this year. Uh, we expected a playoff team this year. Here we are on December thirtieth, and they're four ten and one. They just got eliminated. What can you say about this season? Yeah, you know, I, I agree. I, I I look back six months ago, and I was I thought this was a locked playoff team. I mean, the division was weak. Dallas was really the only team that seemed capable of threatening him in that division. And you looked at that, and I honestly thought the strength of that team was the offensive line. And it was just about six months ago when Barrett Brooks went down, 
And it was like, it, it was like a first domino in a, in a series of endless injuries. It seemed, uh, what, what happened to Wentz is anybody's guess. I mean, uh, he seemed to completely lost his, his escapability, his, his, uh, calm, his, his, I, I, I just I can't put my finger on what it was about him that was so disturbing this year. You know, Jalen Hurts gave us a brief moment of hope, but he's certainly a long way from being uh, deemed the savior. Uh, and, you know, the defense was, they, you know, I didn't understand in the offseason why they strengthened the defensive line, which I thought was their strong point going into the season, and neglected the, the linebackers and, and to some extent the secondary, which were horrible for most of the season anybody, uh, anybody could see. So yeah, it was it was really a disappointing season. Not that expectations were that high. I mean, I don't think anybody had them going deep in the playoffs or going to a Super Bowl. But you certainly expected more than four, eleven, and one at this stage. Yeah, and and that the, the whole Wentz thing certainly a mystery. And but I think you might have tied it all together. At least part of my my thoughts is the offensive line struggled so bad. He was sacked. I don't even know what the last number was. Forty-nine times. There might even been a game after that. Uh, you know, he acted like he was shell shocked. I, I got to get rid of this football and throw it somewhere, and I'm still going to get hit. But at least I'm not going to take a sack. And it just went downhill from there. And and as you said, uh, hurts. Jalen hurts. Put a little life into it, but and they got a long way to go. And if you're sitting at the draft board here shortly, you know you got to be looking and saying, where do I start? Yeah, what, what do you look to for optimism with this team? You know, I mean, they're locked into a, a salary cap nightmare with Wentz. Uh, you know, you can't you can't rely on them to if they're going to keep Howie there. You can't rely on them to to find help and much help in the draft. Uh, I don't. You know, this is this is a low point for the Eagles. I'm I'm sort of reminded with the Eagles and the Phillies. Sort of reminds me a little bit of the early '70s when. You know, things they, were, they were bad times, Frank. They yeah, were bad times. Yeah. That's really what it reminds me of. But uh, the winter Wait, sports team seems to be a little more. Little well, you know, more. as a quick follow-up to, to your point there, Frank, we had Dave Spadaro on with us just a couple weeks ago, and, and one of the questions we asked him is, give us a bright spot. Give us a young kid that we can hang our hat on as fans and say, this kid's going to be a star. And uh, you know what Dave's answer was? I don't have one. You don't have one, yeah. And he works for the Eagles. He yeah. works, uh, he's as big an Eagle booster as you'll find, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just... Well, Frank, let me ask you this uh, before we move on to other topics. What should happen with Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman and Carson Wentz, and what do you think is actually going to happen? Well, I mean, I don't think there's – I think they they're, Doug has bought himself at least another year, I think. You know, I think the, the Super Bowl got him this far. I, I think he's got another year in him. I don't know what's going to happen with Roseman, but although it doesn't seem like they're they're going to make any move in that direction, nope. uh, you know, and what do they do a quarterback? They're going to go into this season with they're going to go in the next season with that's all anybody's going to be talking about, and they're not going to have a good answer. I mean, mm-hmm. as we said, Hurts hasn't shown that he's the answer yet, and and what's wrong with with Wentz? Can he bounce back from a season like this? It's you know, a lot of, because the offensive line was so bad and, and he was under so much pressure, it probably got into his head. He was probably mentally down most of this season, mentally unsure of himself. And that, that's certainly not going to get any better in an off season. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not real optimistic. Uh, I wish there was something you can hang your hat on, but 
I sure don't see it. Bill? Hey, Chet, the quote of the year, might, Frank might have given us the quote of the year, and, and it, not in a good way, that this reminds us of the early 70s. Yee, some lean yeah. times back in those early 70s. Yeah, Jerry Williams and Ed Kayat. <laughs> so what do you think about the Phillies? Let's slide over in, into that. Uh, you know, we've got a new new president. We've got a new general manager. We don't have the best catcher in baseball. It doesn't look like for the moment. Uh how do you feel about what they've done so far? And uh, is Real Muto real? Well, I mean, I think in their case, it's not so much a question of what they did. It's what everybody in the else, everybody else in that division has done. I mean, that division is getting a lot better. I mean, you know, even Florida showed, or Miami showed promises last year of, of having some something to look forward to, something that the Mets have gotten a lot better. The Braves are, that's a tough team. I mean, and, and they've only gotten a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you do with the Phillies? You don't have anything in your farm system that really uh, attractive anybody in a trade. Uh, according to Middleton, there's not much they can do financially. Uh, so where, where, do they, where do they turn? I mean, they got to hope everybody has a career year. Like, <laughs> like, like Chet said, they're not going to re-sign Real Muto, it doesn't seem. Um, what do they do with catcher? I mean, is Andrew Knapp going to be your – your primary catcher that that doesn't that doesn't bode well for a, an interesting or a good season, um, you know. And I, 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 what did they do? The bullpen. What, what have they done? They got they made that move yesterday, which they got a left hander. Okay, but he's got question marks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no matter where you look on that team, it's uh, especially when you look at it in the context of the division. That you know, there, there better there better be a lot of activity between now and uh, and spring training because there's a lot of disappointed people out there i know that well speaking of disappointment and the phillies uh, i want to ask you about dick allen uh we were all excited about the prospect of dick allen going to the hall of fame this year and then of course the pandemic hit and the hall the golden days committee or whatever they are decided to postpone the vote an entire year dick allen dies uh, early december Uh, that was just a travesty i think the way that was handled what do you think frank yeah, what a what a what terrible timing. Nothing else. I mean, to have to you know to have this, you know. I think I think people realized his health was deteriorating. I think that's why the Phillies kind of moved up that number retirement. It, it seemed like a, a rather sudden move on their part. I think, but they think they knew his health was declining. Uh, and then to have the vote postponed, uh, I mean, it, you just knew uh, it, it wasn't going to turn out well, and you know. That was, to me, of all the things that have happened over this pandemic, to me, that was the most devastating. The the one that struck me the most emotionally was his was his dying. Well, hey, Frank, as a quick follow up, uh, you wrote a piece a few weeks ago about uh, you being a fan of Dick Allen and your little meeting with him some, you know, 40, 50 years ago or whatever it was. Can you recount that story? Yeah, sure. As I think I probably mentioned on here before, I worked at Connie Mac Stadium as a vendor summer of 1966, which turned out to be one of Allen's best, maybe his best year. He had 40 home runs that year. Yep. Um, even with a, with a sore hand that, that caused him to miss some time and made him, you know, had to, he had to play the outfield because he couldn't throw the ball from third base at that time. And I, you know, I worked there and I would watch him every game. I, whenever he would come to bat, I would sit down, drink one of my sodas and, you know, lose my profits. But it was, <laughs> he was just such a compelling figure. You had to, you had to watch him. 
And one game, I don't know what it was. It was in July, and I just decided I was going to wait around after the game and get his autograph, and I did. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited. And he came walking out of the clubhouse with Bill White, and he had two beers in, beer in each fist and a cigarette <laughs> dangling from his lips. And I walked up to him, and I asked him for an autograph, and he, he looked around for a place to set the beers down, and he, he signed my autograph. And then years later, when I was doing the Phillies, he was in the clubhouse or in the dugout one mo- early morning in Clearwater, Jack Russell Stadium. And I went up to him and I told him the story and he just, I showed him the autograph. I still had the autograph and he held it up to the sun. Like he was checking to make sure it wasn't a forgery. And <laughs> just said, that was a long time ago, son. That was a long time ago. And it, it sure was. Well, Hey Frank, in, in your time uh, covering baseball, did you ever cover the, now they do it different now, but the hall of fame voting process, I, I'm curious and we've Chet and I have talked about this in the past. You know, why could this not have been done virtually? What do the good old boys have to say to each other that they have to say in private or say over drinks that they couldn't do virtually? That they wiped this whole thing off the map. You know, I, I kind of think the reason is that the veterans, the guys they put on those veteran committees, don't really keep track of statistics and analytics and comparative numbers. And and I think they get in a room with somebody from the Hall of Fame, and I think that person can steer them pretty much in in kind of any direction he wants to. And I'm not sure that works as well virtually. But, I, you know, I think they've never really had an adequate system for the veterans. They've, they've changed it a number of times over the years. You know, they had a, a large committee, then a smaller committee, and then a, a golden age committee and a veterans committee. It's never seemed to work. There's just got to be a better way of dealing with, with these players who have been overlooked or, uh, you know, who didn't, garner enough votes during their during their lifetime um because it's certainly unsatisfactory the way it the way it's played out with with alan i mean maybe because we're we're sort of biased here but uh, it just seemed cruel almost in a way that uh, the man had the man died before he actually got his just due because of some silly some arbitrary process mm-hmm. uh, yeah it just didn't didn't sit right with me Frank, you mentioned that uh, the winter sports outlook might be a little brighter, the Sixers and Flyers. The Sixers made a whole bunch of changes, a new coach, some new front office guys. Uh, the roster has been turned over pretty much, you know, half of it, the key guys still there, of course. What do you think of this uh, new 76ers team that we have? I like everything they've done since, uh, you know, with Maury and Rivers and yeah. bringing in Danny Green and Curry. And uh, I just think they, they've made the right the right move. And speaking of that in, in general, I can't remember a time when we, when the general man or the, the personnel off uh, position at, at of the 14s has been in better hands, save the Eagles. I mean, with, with Daryl Morey and now Dombrowski with the Phillies and, uh, you know, Chuck Fletcher with the Flyers. I think, I think these are guys that are, that know what they're doing. They're probably going to, I don't know how long it's going to take them, but I think they're going to get these franchises, in some semblance of of uh, contention before too long, uh, and you know you wonder, you know you wonder how long it's going to take the Eagles to move away from Howie because, you know, I, I granted they wanted they won a Super Bowl and it's hard to it's hard to knock that, and they and they've made some good some good some good personnel decisions over the years, but my God, you look at their draft choices overall and it's just it just it's just they haven't found any help there, you know they just. Uh, how, how long can you 
can you go with their wide receivers uh, without finding an adequate guy? You know, there's somebody, a dependable guy to catch the ball, to get open. Just, just doesn't happen. But getting back to your question about the Sixers, I, I like everything they've done. I think they made all the right decisions. I think Green and Curry really help open things up for Embiid. And you can see that he seems to be playing with a, uh, almost at a different level. I mean, I think he's first three or four, first three games, he hadn't played four. Strangely enough, but you know, <laughs> don't I, I get think, Bill started. That's where I'm going. <laughs> I think he looks better. I think he, I think he really. These guys seem to have helped him, and that's what you hope a personnel guy can do. If he's got a couple stars, find complementary pieces. That seems to be something that escapes the the Eagles. So yeah, I'm very optimistic about the Sixers. I, you know, I'm not sure they're better than Milwaukee, and, but I don't think they're too far behind Boston or Toronto or Miami. The other teams that are going to be competing for those probably two, three, and four spots in the East. So, yeah, it should be an interesting winter. Well, you you went there, so I got to go there, too, because this is just really under my skin. This whole Joel Embiid thing. You know, a a guy that, you know, if if he's going to sit every three or four games or once a week or whatever, whatever, once every two weeks, and they can't win the games he decides to sit – you know, I, I it just frustrates me because I guess I'm just old school. You come to work, you come to play. Uh, the, this, the the stars of our day would have never sat out these games like this, and it just frustrates the heck out of me when he takes nights off. I, but it's I mean it's not just him. It's you know it happens all around the league, and it it drives me crazy too. I don't get it. I mean I understand there's a lot of money involved in these. You know they've invested a lot in these guys and. It's a long, grueling season, and, you know, some of these guys are more susceptible to injuries than others. And, and, now some, are, and some are softer than others. Let's, yeah. just, let's throw yeah, it out there. <laughs> well, this season, at least, they don't. They can't make the excuse. You know, we, we can't argue that they're depriving the fans of, you know, they're paid money <laughs> yeah. for the tickets to, to see these guys. You know, at least they've gotten past that, but. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I don't get it. I mean, it's it's the same argument you have in baseball with the pitchers only going five mm-hmm. innings anymore. You know, it's just a, it's a different culture, and people our age are never are never going to <laughs> never going to understand it. I'm afraid. Yeah. Well, hey, before we get to the Flyers, you just mentioned uh, you mentioned pitchers. You wrote a story about uh, a couple of surviving whiz kids. Um, Bob Miller, who actually just died, I guess, last month, and Kurt Simmons, who's now the only WizKid member left, I believe. Um, I know it's been 70 years, but it's just kind of sad to see, you know, all these old-timers leave us, is it not? It really is. I mean, it's – and I thought that was a touching story. I mean, I had yeah. – to be honest with you, I'd been waiting around until – it sounds sort of morbid, ghoulish almost, but I was waiting around until there was one WizKid left, and I thought, well, that would be a hell of a story. And there the it is. WizKid, you know. But I found out that the last two had been in communication with each other and sort of stayed mm-hmm. in touch and were friends and called each other and reminisced. And I thought, well, that's sort of sweet and touching in a way. And yeah. so I thought I'd do a story about that. And uh, and it is, it, you know, it is kind of sad. For a team that was renowned for its youth and its vitality, to see these, to see them just die away one by one and, um, it's it's a sad, it's, but it's life, and it's you know, none of us are going to escape it. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Why, well, Frank? I want to get on. We'll, we'll come back to the Flyers just a second because I know you're a huge college basketball guy and a Villanova 
fan and 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 all that. And uh, you know, Villanova's put on pause. College basketball is a bit of a I'll, I'll just I'll say train wreck. I don't know if that's the right word or not. It's it's a, a lot of confusion going on as it is. Uh, what what to make of this season? And are, are they going to actually be able to have a full season and have a a March Madness tournament? Well, I think if you looked at college football as a guide, I mean they they're going through hell and high water to to get this college football to get the playoffs concluded. I think because of the money involved, and I think college basketball is the same way. They're going to do it one way or the other. And it may not be a representative field. There may be a lot of teams that have dropped out, but they're going to get a tournament done. Um, and, you know, it's just, it just, it's, 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 it's an emblematic of, of the problem college forces face for a year. Has, the money has become such an overwhelming part of a necessity really in college sports. And the, the money is going to dictate everything they do. And, the women's, you know, most schools, a lot of the women programs have scrapped their seasons and the rest of the winter sports are done. What Are college basketball players healthier by nature or less susceptible to get COVID? I don't think so. But I think they're, they're more valuable commodities to their schools. So they're going to, you know, they're going to play hell or high water. You just hope that, you know, that some tragedy doesn't befall it and, and you know, some kid gets COVID and, and ends up dying. But, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> and Villanova has a great team. I mean, they're, I guess, yeah. number four in the nation as of right now. And uh, you'd love to see what they can do this spring. Sure would. I know. I mean, it, it, I really was looking forward to them this season. I think them, Gonzaga, Baylor, there are a number of good teams at the top of uh, the college basketball rankings. And I think it would have been made for a fascinating season. And it still mm-hmm. might. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't right. down on it. Yeah, I, I was I was really excited about Villanova too, and and you know I got to give a hats off to St. Joe's who uh, picked up their stuff and went over to Villanova, played a game off schedule, uh, you know, and probably knowing they didn't have much chance of winning that game, but uh, they kept that Philly thing going. The bad thing is it wasn't at the Palestra, but it was still uh, it was still Villanova St. Joe, and it was fun to watch. Yes, it was. It always is. There, it's it's a great rivalry. It's just a shame and. But the circumstances sort of diminished it a little this year. But hopefully everything will be back to the way it once was. Well, Frank, we got to touch on the Flyers. Uh, I think things are looking up for them, certainly. You mentioned uh, Chuck Fletcher. They have a great new coach, a great young goalie. They had a very impressive season last year. Uh, horrible ending, that game seven against the Islanders, but we'll forget about that one. What's the yeah. outlook for the Flyers in this 56-game season? Yeah, I'm with you. I think I, I really like Carter Hart, and if you look at the Flyers over the past couple decades, you know, what's the one thing that they've they've seen to have lacked has been a, a good goaltender, and they seem to have found one at last, unless last season was a mirage, and, you know, I like to think it wasn't. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm very you know I'm again I'm optimistic about them and the and the 76ers. I can't wait to their season start. What is that? January, middle of January when they're getting 13, underway. Yeah. Thirteen weeks. Yeah. Yep. So. Camp on the third and the game on the thirteenth. Now the one the one the one reservation I have is that division they're in is is a pretty tough one. And they're going to play nothing but those teams in that division. So yeah, there you see it. I mean that's. That's uh, seven seven opponents, and are going to play each one of them eight times. That's your yeah. And, and you're talking about right Boston there. and the Islanders and Pittsburgh and, and Washington. That's that's not going to be easy for them. But 
you know, on the other hand, we'll, we'll find out what, what they're made of uh, pretty quickly, I think. so. Yeah, there, there, there's going to be a lot of grudges uh, when you're playing a team yeah. that many times. Oh, That's my for goodness. Sure. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like 1978 or something. <laughs> so, so Frank, uh, on a personal note, um, you you continuing on. You're going to keep on writing, and you got uh, com still moving along as you as you yeah, your articles yeah. going? I mean, I'll keep doing it as long as I still have fun at it and as long as they'll have me. And so far, I've seen no indication that either of those things are going to change. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I love my job. You know, it's, it's I will say it's it's a little harder to find stories these days. You don't have the access to people that you once did. And, uh, you know, we tend to. But in some in some sense, it's good for me because without a lot of live sports, we tend to be looking back a lot. And now you're playing in my wheelhouse, you know. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, Frank, other than maybe getting outside and maybe doing some more things in 2021, seeing friends, maybe being actually able to hug them, what are you yeah. looking forward to in 2021? Otherwise, well, going out to dinner that would be nice. Huh? Yeah. Just being able to go out to dinner with your wife and maybe another couple or something, huh? That would look. I look forward to that. I look forward to just being able to get to a game again, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, you get tired of watching them on TV with empty arenas. It's just, it's just as good a job as they do with the crowd noise and everything. It's, it's just not the same experience, you know? And I feel right. sorry for the, I really feel sorry for the, the college kids who are going, you know, going through what should be the best four years of your life. And they're being deprived of so many aspects of it. I mean, they're, they're having virtual classes and, you know, in some cases, there's no graduation ceremonies, and they're they're playing in empty arenas, and you know this is what they signed up for, and it's through no fault of their own, and I and I and I really do feel bad for them. You know, professional athletes are getting compensated, so you know, and you, you take that for what it is. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to just seeing people in an arena again, and and maybe actually being one of them myself at some point. Absolutely. Well, Frank, we are out of time already, my man, and uh, we we appreciate you coming by. As always, good stuff, and uh, we're going to be better in 2021. The world's going to be better in 2021. I hope you're right, Bill. All right. Hey, Frank, one question as you uh, head out the door. Uh, as you know, Don Wells died today. I know you said Gilligan's Island was an infantile, <laughs> juvenile show. You weren't a huge fan, but come on, the eternal question, Marianne or Ginger? I was a Ginger guy. I will, I'll will. i be happy to admit that, yeah. I was Ginger. Okay. Yeah. Oh, she's still around. The she only is, one. The only one. I think she's the, the only, only one. one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Maybe I'll have to do a story on her, too. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. Maybe her and Marianne called each other for a while. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. All right, All right Frank. Thank thanks you. for coming by. Appreciate it. All right, my Happy pleasure. Now, if I can figure out how to get out of this thing, I'll be. Uh, <laughs> All right, thanks, Frank. Thanks, Pat. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, Chet, let's talk insurance. If you're looking insurance for insurance in the tri-state area, we've got the spot for you. All state insurance in Westchester, PA. Yes, we do, Bill. One of the best benefits of having an all-state insurance policy is getting a local agent like Dave Lavoie, who is dedicated to you. Building that personal relationship means you can work with someone who knows you and understands your family's needs, someone you can call when you have questions or need help. Dave is dedicated to protecting what is most important to you and your family. Call Dave today at Allstate in Westchester, Pennsylvania. The number is 610 430 700 Once again, it is 610 430 0700. And now it's time for our buddy Merrill to stop by one more time this season.
Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! And speaking of good, we have Freddie Burns from Edge of Philly Sports back to join us tonight. Uh, Fred has stepped out of an event, I believe, so uh, he is going to be in and out quick. We're going to get his predictions because you guys are tied, right, going into the last week of the season here. So oh, we no, got- I'm ahead now. <laughs> oh, 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 well, what happened last week? Fred blew that big lead. Uh, yep. I, I, I had to make this thing interesting. It was so boring. Exactly. We now, now I'm under pressure. The viewers were falling off. As soon as we got to that point, I'm like, I got to tank a little bit. I got to pull out some process here. All right. Yeah, we've had a change at the top of the heap. Fred and I both lost with our Eagles pick last week, sadly. We both correctly picked the Giants and Washington football team to lose. But in our one other game, Fred took the Rams while I correctly picked the Seahawks. So I am now in first place at 42 and 25. Fred is one game back at 41 and 26. Heading into the final weekend, ah, the drama, Bill. Well, I tell you what worries me, Fred, is if you actually can't pull this off, there's not enough room in these three screens (laughs) for that middle head there. You know, Uh, come on, Fred. (laughs) <laughs> five games, Freddie, five games. Five All weeks. right, let's do it. Fred, we'll, we'll make these predictions and we'll let you get back to your, uh, to your business. All right. Cool. So we're going to start with the dolphins at the bills, bills minus one. Arizona is at the Rams. No line as of last night when I looked at it and wrote this up Steelers at the Browns, Browns minus 10 bang, um, Steelers without Roethlisberger, right? Cleveland needs a win there. Dallas at the Giants, Cowboys minus three. Washington against the Eagles, the football team is minus one. Uh, Fred, who you like, Dolphins or Bills? Bills minus one. Bills don't have anything to play for. Fitz magic. Looks like it's back. I'm going to go Dolphins here to knock off the Bills. Ooh. Now, just for the record, all of mine are uh, already typed up and written down here. I can show you them later, but... I don't know why I'm taking the bills, even though it might not matter to them. I'm taking the bills. So maybe you'll pick up a game right there. Go Buffalo. All right, Freddie, go Dolphins, Arizona at the Rams. No line on this one. Who you like, Fred? It's tough. You don't know if Goff's going to be the quarterback or not. It's uh John Wolford w- would start. Um, I was going to go Rams, but ah, man, this is tough. This is tough. It is tough. Because the Cardinals have been playing so bad, but like they, they're due for a win. I'm going to go Cardinals. I'll go Cardinals. Woo. Okay, here's my thinking on this one. I think Goff is going to play. Not that I have any inside information, just because of the, you know, the crucialness of the game. I know he's got a bad thumb. I think they're going to get Goff ready to play, and I think it's going to be enough. Both teams have been very inconsistent over the second half of the season, but it's in L.A. I'm taking the Rams to win, so we have two different, Fred. Well, and I will tell you, uh, uh, John Roberts just made a comment that said golf is not playing. I don't know if that's a fact or an opinion, but uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, John says he's out, Chet. So I, I'll keep it. I'm going to go with the Rams. Give you a big uh, shot, big chance now, Fred. All right. Steelers at the Browns. Browns minus 10. Roethlisberger is out. Cleveland needs to win after stinking it up last week. Yeah, Pittsburgh's been – they won last week, but they've been inconsistent with Roethlisberger. I don't think they're going to win with Rudolph. 
Browns. Yeah, that, that's a no-brainer. Uh, Browns looking to get into the playoffs. Uh, Steelers don't care. Browns win easily. All right. John Roberts says that's an Ian Rappaport uh, report, and Robbie Ellis also said it's a fact he is out. Golf. Oh, they couldn't tell me that five minutes earlier. Uh, <laughs> all right. You, uh, Dallas at the Giants. Cowboys minus three. Um, Cowboys have been winning some games. They've been scoring some points the last few weeks. I think Joe Judge is going to cook something up. I'm going Giants. Whoa. Wow. That's I think you're picking me. with your heart on that one. I thought for sure you were going Dallas. I have the Cowboys winning this. I, I'm not rooting for them, obviously. I don't really care who wins the game, but I think the Cowboys are just, you know, playing a little better now, and they're going to win the game. So three different. All right. One more. That's Washington visits the Eagles, the football team, minus one. Alex Smith has a lot to do with this. Um, you know, it, the Eagles, not that we want them to lose, but this is a meaningless game. They shouldn't win it. We get the higher draft pick. They're going to win. They will win at home on Sunday. <laughs> As, <laughs> the Eagles <at> win. <laughs> yeah. They, they, I, that's just what they're going to do. Like, now that it's yeah. over, they're going to play a perfect game. And – uh and they'll win, and they'll move to, like, the 10th pick instead of the 4th. Like the Jets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was my thinking initially, but then as the week went on, I'm thinking, no, you know, Washington really needs this. It looks like Alex Smith is going to play. Don't tell me he's not going to play. I'm thinking Alex Smith will be okay because they said he was close last weekend. So I think Washington will pull this one out. The football team will beat the non-football team 24-20. to 20, Washington wins. Mm, okay. So we have four different, Fred. Yeah. We go on. Yeah. Well, next week, Fred, we will go over them and we'll see where we are. What do you think? I'm, I might pull a four-game lead here then, right? Or no, no I, I got it three. It would be three. Three-game lead. Yeah, even if you win yep. three out of four, you would win it. So Because that would be a two-game difference. So I don't even right. have to gamble this weekend now. This is my, uh, <laughs> my fix. <laughs> All right, Fred, before we let you go, uh, let the viewers know where they can follow you on your social media outlets and everything else you got going on. You could catch me, uh, Freddie Burns, on Facebook, at Fred Hugo underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Not tonight, but every Wednesday night, 930 on um, Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. But All you right. guys have a good guest tonight. Ricky Ricardo, the Spanish announcer for the Eagles on there tonight. Yes, Ricky Ricardo. The whole, the whole show is going to be in Spanish. <laughs> there you go. That would be fun. <laughs> hey, hey, Fred, real quick. Uh, I, I didn't even think about this. John Roberts just threw up a question for both of you. I'll, I'll throw it out there. Oh, yeah. College football playoffs. Who you like? Cool. Uh, Clemson and Alabama. Sounds kind of easy. Yeah, it is yeah, easy. Yeah. I mean, I don't watch college football as closely as you guys, but I'm obviously going to go with Alabama and Clemson. Alabama in a rout over those fighting Irish. Well, that's the real question. Can Alabama cover 19 and a half? Yeah, they can. I think yeah. they can. Yeah. <laughs> or 39 and a half. <laughs> All right, Fred. Well, thanks for joining us. We, uh, we appreciate it. Get back to your business. Happy New Year to you and your family. Happy New Year, guys. See you. See you, Fred. All right. Well, hey, Chet, uh, let's get back to some Eagles talk while we have a few minutes. And uh, I'm going to throw at you because I know that you are uh, all for the full house uh, house cleaning, I guess, of the front office and the coaching staff. And uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. But let, let's assume, uh, well, somebody's going to make a draft pick. Where are you going to start? What, what position are you taking? 
Okay. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. I think it's 97% sure that Howie Roseman is back. I think it's about 75% sure that Doug Peterson is back. What's really going to be interesting is will both Peterson and Carson Wentz be back or Peterson, Wentz, and Hurts be back? I cannot see them bringing all three of those guys back. So whether Howie's back or not, I don't think you can have those two quarterbacks and Doug Peterson because I don't think Peterson did what he should have to put Carson Wentz in position to, you know, maximize his potential. And I wanted Peterson gone just because I think not, he didn't just have a bad year. He had an awful year with play calling with, I think how he handled the quarterback situation, particularly, uh, I just think it's time for a change. If they do keep Peterson around, I would like to see them bring in a guy who's going to call the plays for sure, a real offensive coordinator. Uh, will that happen? I don't know. But they've got to first figure out what the hell they're going to do with the quarterback situation. I don't think you can have Wentz and Hurts back in the summer competing for the number one job. You've heard the expression before. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks, except maybe if they're like Steve Young and Joe Montana. Uh these guys are not them. So something's got to happen. I want to see somebody gone. Well, I think I agree with you. I, I don't think Roseman's leaving. I don't think Peterson is leaving. Uh, the quarterback situation is unique in that mm. right now, I don't think either one of them brings you any value. Uh, I don't know who's taking on the hundred and whatever the right number is, $20 million of Wentz's contract. Um Hertz, Hertz hasn't shown enough to bring to for anybody to jump out of their chair and say I'll give you a one or a two. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, so I, I think they're they're not in a in a position to really do any of that. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think they're in a position to do it. Which brings me back to the same thing: um, these wide receivers stink. Oh yeah, and, and the fact that you would probably have to go back to the draft and go get another wide receiver when you have not you've busted on Ortega Whiteside, you know you, you Rigor's got some possibilities. He's he's only going to get better. Uh, Ward's your guy. He's he's a scrap heap quarterback. He's played well, played nice for them, uh, but they've got a lot of needs there and. You know, I think the offensive line situation, Chad, I think if you if you had your five guys you were planning on um, with with um, all the injuries and, and Lane Johnson back, if he's actually healthy, I you know, I think the offensive line is okay if you got the right guys. They didn't have any of them right guys. Matt Pryor is not the right guy and, and isn't going to be. Um, so I think you, you have to get healthy and you have to get wide receivers and, 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 you know, one, one thing about the game the other day, you know, Jalen Hurts did some really good things early in the game. Yeah. Um, and Dallas did a great job. And I, I didn't watch any film and I didn't watch the game a second time or anything like that. I'm just going from what I, my eyes saw the first time. But what Dallas' adjustment was, you know, uh, that defensive line play is just all gap control. So what they started doing was Hurts was finding those openings and stepping up and running and making plays. And finally, guys were getting open. Well, they just decided to basically bull rush. So they bull rushed and pushed everything back into the quarterback and made him roll left, right? You see him keep rolling left. And after he took his first couple steps, 
pressure was coming, so he so he had to step back. Mm-hmm. And that meant he wasn't able to run. Now he had to throw the ball, rolling left, and it's not Jalen Hurts' fault. Nobody could do it. You know, uh, so now all of a sudden you've got receivers trying you've you've cut the field in half to begin with, and you're only playing to the left side. Now he's running his opposite way and having to throw. Good adjustment by Dallas. The Eagles didn't have anything for that. And in turn, Jalen Hurts played a terrible second half because Dallas forced it on him. Well, yeah, the Eagles haven't really made adjustments all this year. And I think that's on the head coach. So that's why I would love love to see him gone and a new guy brought in. I think it's time. The Super Bowl was three years ago, and they've regressed every year as far as, you know, their standing and how soon they were eliminated. So I think I would like to see him go, but it's not going to happen. As far as Wentz and Hurts, I kind of disagree. I think there's value for both. I think somebody would take Wentz. It might be Indianapolis. It might be Bill Belichick in New England, believe it or not. And even if he's traded, though, the Eagles will have that 33 or $34 million cap hit, which is just crazy. But I think they have to do it, either get rid of you know Wentz or Hurts. I just can't have them back. And you mentioned the O-line. We talk about that every year, how important it is to keep those guys together. They've had injuries the last few years. Even go back to the Super Bowl year, they've had injuries, it seems, you know, 2017 through now. They've had a ton of injuries, O-line and elsewhere. And as for the wide receivers, yeah, they've got to be upgraded. But you know what? I'm hearing there is still talk of Deshaun Jackson or Alshon Jeffrey being back again next year because they would each be an eight or nine million dollar cap hit. Maybe one of them. Don't bring them both back, please. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and and you know, I think the the other thing to throw out, and again, you know, you, you say Doug needs to make adjustments. You got to have players. You know, you put Matt Pryor in there. He can't stay on sides. You know, you, you, awful. You, you, you jumping off sides now. You know, you you could say that it's a new quarterback, a new cadence, and those things happen. It don't happen that many times. You know, uh, if anything, if you're a lineman in your brain, you're saying, I got to slow down. Well, he, he doesn't want to slow down because he doesn't want to give up a sack. But in the meantime, he can't give up five-yard penalties. And he also can't get a holding call that nullifies a big play either. So, you know, uh, way too many mistakes, lack of execution, um, you know, it just wasn't pretty, and 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 all the talk about the offense, the defense stunk too. Yeah, uh, you know they they were not good all season either. So, um, so maybe Schwartz will be the uh, the scapegoat, the sacrificial lamb, or whatever. But uh, somebody's got to go, Bill. Well, I, yeah, I, I I don't think they can sit here and say status quo is okay. You're four no. ten and one, um, like Dave Spadaro said. We are what we are. You know, we're we're whatever we were at the time, three, eight, and one. Let's um, move along. So he's right. I'm but, done talking uh, about this. Yeah, out, out with 2020 for the birds. What do you think? <laughs> Bring on 2021 for everything. Oh, geez. Okay. Better. Let's give a uh, quick shout out to our partner at edge of Philly sports uh, and their shows. You can check out the broad street bully podcast, drew Jeff and Doyle getting cranked up for flyers hockey. Bird's IQ every Monday night at 7 p.m. with Kyle and Eric Quinn talking Eagles football and reacting to the birds. They were fired up this week, too. Edge of Philly Sports Live, Joe, Freddie, Big Al, cover four for four, and so much more. Philly Sports, watch them live Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And join Tom Kelly and the gang at Patterson Avenue Fanatics Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. talking all things Philly sports. You can check out all their shows at www.eopsports.com. 
Help us by hitting the subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your families and friends. All right, Chet. Uh, As mentioned earlier, the Sixers opened the season. Two impressive wins, followed by a loss without that Joel Embiid and another win last night. Pretty impressive come from behind when it gets Toronto. Um, this Embiid situation makes me insane. Really? I haven't noticed. Uh, how many years are we going to do this? All right, Bill. I'm going to say this again. You need to relax. It's not the 1960s or 70s anymore. Your dinosaur is waiting outside. Uh, guys don't play 48 minutes anymore. Stars don't play every game anymore, especially big guys. It is a very different era and a much faster-paced game. Keep that in mind compared to when Wilt and Bill Russell and Willis Reed and Bob Lanier and those guys played. I know you don't like it, but that's the way it is. And if Joel Embiid is going to take off the second game of a back-to-back, as he did Sunday because his back was a little stiff, Make fun of him all you want. Go ahead. If he's going to come back and have a 29.16 rebound game and beat, you know, help beat a Toronto team like he did last night, I'm okay with that. If that's going to keep him healthier for the playoffs, I'm okay with it. Deal with it, Bill. Get over it. Yeah, that's a bunch of blah, blah, blahs. What that is. Nothing but blah, blah, blah. You can go out and throw up a 29 and 15 one night. You're too hurt to play the next night and come back and throw up a 29 and 15 the following night. Come on. Come on. You you just didn't want to play. Now, if you're hurt and you take a night off and you get your way back in the next night and you, you know, you get a 12 and five and you played, you know, 20 minutes, 22 minutes because you're injured. Eh, okay. That those things do happen. You can't be full full go one night, full go the third night, and not be able to play the second night. It just, it, you know, and and your team loses. Your team loses. These games are important. I don't care if it's the third game of the year. If you're going to lose every time this guy's not on the court because he is that good, uh, that's no good. I hear you, but I'll tell you this. I'm okay. If it's going to be once every four games, no, that's not good. But if it's the second game of a back-to-back every three weeks or so, I'm okay with that. I want to preserve this guy. Uh, Yeah, he's brittle. I admit that. But I want to preserve him for April, May, June. Not worried about December and January as much. Preserve him. Preserve him, yes. Like Walt Disney's head. I want to preserve Joel Embiid. You could preserve uh, Bill Russell, he's like 84 <laughs> years old. You don't have to play him every night. Joel Embiid is what, 26, 27, whatever? Preserve? Whatever. Come on. <sighs> You're mad. I'm done here. I'm done here, Furman. You're maddening. <laughs> All right, Jet, let's go. <laughs> we talked about uh, Villanova being on a pause and and the, the Flyers camp opening uh, you're excited about these things. Are you ready to get hockey going? And, uh, and, and what about basketball? I just, I just, I'm not feeling that either. Trying to watch some of it. Yeah. I'm not watching any of the college stuff yet. Uh, hopefully they will get the season in. Hopefully Villanova will be as good as we think they are. As for the flyers, can you believe they dropped the puck in two weeks from tonight against the hated penguins too? It's exactly two weeks. It's January 13th. Not a lot of time to get ready for those guys, but it should be a fun 56-game season, as we said. And by the way, that first game, 5.30 p.m. Doesn't matter. No fans there, but it's part of a triple header, I guess, on uh, the NHL Network or one of those channels. So uh, two weeks. I'm ready. 
Yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting when the players are available to the media and all is, you know, how do these guys stay in shape? You know, you you, you can't be in rinks, I don't think. I know the, some of the guys were in Voorhees. I, I, I'm sure it's limited how they could practice and all, but how do you get in shape and you only have 10 days to hit the go button? Well, I'm pretty sure they talked to Joel Embiid and get, get advice. Well, they're <laughs> probably sitting down talking about it, that's for sure. All right, Chet. Uh, 2020, man, we lost a lot of, lot of, uh, players, uh, all hall of famers, all the sports, Phil Negro, the latest, uh, what's that? Seven baseball hall of famers this year, six, seven, yeah, something like uh, that. I, th uh, I think it is seven. Yeah. And, and, and football guys and the Dick Allens lost some hockey guys, uh, basketball guys, man, what a, what a brutal year. Yeah, we alluded to it briefly with Frank, you know, talking about Dick Allen and some of the others that we did lose. And uh, we, you and I can talk about it more in, in a bit. But first, here's a little recap that I put together. So watch, and you'll be just amazed at how many names are on this list. We lose a lot of people every year. I know, friends, relatives, celebrities, athletes. And it's always sad. But like so many other things, it just seems the losses in 2020 – we're over the top in terms of not just the number of deaths, but also the magnitude of several of those losses. Since this is a sports website, we'll focus on some of the memorable athletes who left us over the past year. And we'll look primarily at the list of Hall of Famers who left us in 2020. It is quite a list and several others whom Philly sports fans may recall. The hockey world said goodbye to the pocket rocket, Andre Richard, longtime linesman Neil Armstrong, as well as Dale Howardchuck, who finished his Hall of Fame career with the Flyers. Sports fans everywhere last January 26th were shocked to hear the tragic news about former Lakers superstar Kobe Bryant, who died along with his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, and seven others in a helicopter crash in California. The death of that Philadelphia native and one-time Lower Marion High School phenom was felt beyond the sports world. Bryant will be inducted posthumously into the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts in May of 2021. Other Basketball Hall of Famers who left us over the past year, former NBA Commissioner David Stern, that happened back on New Year's Day 2020, plus Wesley Unseld, Casey Jones, and several legendary coaches, Tom Heinsohn, an inductee as both a player and coach, Lute Olson. Jerry Sloan, Eddie Sutton, and John Thompson. Other hoops greats who died included former NBA All-Star Clifford Robinson and Harlem Globetrotters great Curly Neal. In addition to legendary Colts and Dolphins coach Don Shula, several Hall of Fame football greats departed during 2020, including four who played most or all of their careers with the Packers, Willie Wood, Willie Davis, Paul Horning, and Philadelphia native Herb Adderley. Others, Bobby Mitchell, Fred Dean, Chris Dolman, Kevin Green, Larry Wilson, and one of my favorites to watch as a young kid, Chicago Bears great Gale Sayers. Boy, he was so good to watch. Heaven can assemble a pretty good baseball team with the legends who left us over the past year alone. Baseball Hall of Famers who passed in 2020 included Al Kaline, Lou Brock, Joe Morgan, and pitching greats Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, Whitey Ford, and most recently Phil Necro. We also lost Don Larson, Bob Watson, and Jimmy Wynn, among others. Of course, a slugger who should be in the Hall of Fame but isn't just yet is a two-time Philly, whom we talked about often on Philly Press Box Radio, 1964 National League Rookie of the Year, 
Richie Dick Allen, who later won an American League MVP award with the White Sox in 1972. It's a shame that the Hall's Golden Days Committee didn't see fit to hold a meeting this year due to the pandemic. Allen died at age 78 in early December, one day after he should have been voted into the Hall. Allen wasn't the only Philadelphia athlete who passed away in 2020, of course. Other former Phillies to have left us over the past year included Ramon Avilas, Kim Batiste, Ed Farmer, Irish Mike Ryan, a WizKids pitcher, Bob Miller, coaches Billy DeMars and Dennis Menke, and a couple of fan favorites, Jay Johnstone and Tony Taylor. Others with ties to the Philly sports scene who departed during the past year included former Flyer Jack McElhargy, former Eagles Timmy Brown, the great Pete Redslaff, Tom Dempsey, and Don Zimmerman. Also, former Sixer Mark McNamara, palestra legend Jack Shure, and longtime Philadelphia Daily News columnist John Smallwood. Thanks to YouTube and the internet in general, we can always find plenty of videos and articles to help us remember all of these wonderful athletes and coaches and writers and others, even though those folks themselves are no longer with us. Thanks for the memories. Well, Chet, that's a great job there. Uh, man, what what names and guys that we have, uh, we follow through our whole lives, basically. Uh, man. What a long list, and uh, 2020 has not been kind. Yeah, like I said, so many names on there you forget about, but I was, like, assembling the list over the last week or so, and, boy, quite a list, and even some, you know, not stars, but so many former Phillies that we lost. So uh, a tough year in so many ways, Bill. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, we can only hope uh, that 2021 is is far better for everyone and uh we, we certainly hope that for the, in the sports world, well, obviously people dying, you don't want that anytime, but just that uh, life gets back to somewhat normal here somewhere soon in 2021. You know, and usually I throw in a couple of uh, other genres as far as like who left us, but didn't have time because there were so many sports deaths. But in the music world alone, we lost guys like Kenny Rogers, Charlie Daniels, John Prine, Helen Reddy, and the one that I think hit a lot of us classic rock fans the hardest, Eddie Van Halen. That, that was a tough one to swallow. So tough year indeed, Bill. Absolutely. All right, Jet, uh, great guest tonight, Frank Fitzpatrick and Edge of Philly Sports' Freddie Burns. So who do we have coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week to open the new year? Bill, hard to believe, but we will have gone through an entire NFL regular season without having this legend back with us, and we're going to remedy that next week. Joining us to go over the miserable Eagle season and whatever may lie ahead is our old pal Ray Dinger, the Hall of Famer himself. Ray Diddy joins us to talk all things birds. We may have a second guest, too. I'll let you know for sure. All right. Well, all right. Uh, you know, Ray's going to be great. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, uh -oh. take another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia for all the Philly teams and more. They have 11 line Razzes, mystery boxes, and our memorabilia shop. Check out their Facebook page, like them or follow them. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room and PPCC 118 Raz Room Shop on Facebook. All right, Mr. Chesco, we are done with that business. Are you, uh, do you have a parting shot for us tonight or did you already give it? 
Uh, Bill, this has been quite a year for Philly Press Box Radio. Um, I mean, you know, being the fact that it was leap year and everything, we actually got one more day of 2020. And who couldn't use one more day of 2020? But anyway, the way the calendar days fell, you said 52 weekly shows this year. We actually did 53 weekly shows, Bill, because we started on January 2nd with a show. And here we are on December 30th. So we did 53 weekly shows plus a special Mount Rushmore show. So 54 in total great guests all year long, including 13 first-timers such as Bob Groats, David Jones, Brandon Noble, Dave Spadaro, and oh yeah, Ray Fossey, Mitch Williams, and the great Bernie Perron. We already have some more big ones lined up for 2021, so stay tuned. Of course, we made a couple other big changes over the past year, Bill. We became part of the Edge of Philly Sports Network. Thanks for all your help on that front, Big Al. And we began doing our shows via video, first using Zoom and more recently StreamYard so you can see our happy, smiling faces. Right, Bill? Smile. There you go. That's right. Let's talk to you on beat. I'll smile. <laughs> so thanks to all our listeners and our viewers for coming along for the ride. And stick around because, as I said, we have plenty more for you in 2021. Yeah, and you know, Chad, I was thinking uh, I, I did good catch on the 53rd. I think I only did this year four states. Florida, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey were my only states that I did the show from this year. So uh, <laughs> the, the coronavirus slowed me down just a little bit. Yeah, you've been around in recent years, uh, calling in from one of the Carolinas and elsewhere. Uh, of course, remember in 2017, I made an appearance from Ireland. Yeah, and I did Hawaii in the past. Ah, so, so we got it all. That is true. All right, well, let's go ahead. We'll wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Frank Fitzpatrick and Freddie Burns, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 6th, 2021 at 7 p.m. You can watch us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, and on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts and others. Happy New Year, everyone, and high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Happy New Year. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio.